Hi, and welcome to the 85th edition of the Keen Minds podcast, where we're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is season six, episode 22, Robert Diaz, and this was our season six finale. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saiko. And I am Tessa, and this is, what's this episode for us, 86? 85. Ah. We're ending the season on 85. I like that. The, the numbers yes. person in me really, really enjoys that nice 85, 85 nice number there. I think that's of, good. Of it. Instead well, of being it, somewhere in the middle. How did you like the episode? I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's my first round through it. I think I almost enjoyed it more. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird, but... Um, I, I started nitpicking a little bit more on my second round. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, I thought it was very enjoyable, very nicely paced. I just The pace was very good. Yeah, the pa- the pace was excellent. And pacing is one of my main complaints with the blacklist. It's it's a, been a frustration of mine for seasons. And so when when you hear me say I enjoyed the pacing on this episode, that's a big compliment. Um I just I thought it was very well done. Uh I had Next season, I'm going to start having a, um, sound effects. Like when when Jen likes something, I'm gonna I want to get like a nice little like cling. That's what we need to do, or play a drinking yeah. game. When Jen complains about continuity or pacing, take drink. <laughs> Just don't get alcohol poisoning. That's all we ask. Maybe play it with you know Coke or Dr Pepper. Like, or maybe we just do the cling. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, how about you? How did you like it? I I loved it. I mean, generally the episodes written by the Johns are always my favorite. Um, when when they've done them with Lucas Ryder, that combination is just so good. It does seem to work well. And we thought last week's was was Lucas, and it turns out yeah, it was this it's week. The same, it was it's uh, the same team. It was Taylor. No, Taylor was uh, Taylor Martin, I believe, um, was was the writer on last week's. She was partnered with someone else, but I don't remember who. But I do remember seeing Taylor's on there when I went to go look and, and double check and make sure this was a, a John's episode. Mm-hmm. But I believe last yeah. week's was Taylor Martin. And, and this this really, the only complaint I have about this is it's about NBC. They should have really put this to as a two-hour finale. And have one and leave uh, Rasput at at his own standalone episode one day. Uh, I think that didn't serve the season well. And as usual with the blacklist, I think the the binge watching is the way to go. Things will become a lot more obvious. I agree with you on that. I I do think that last week and this week belong together, but... You never know what happens in the background, the reasons that they choose to do mm-hmm. things like that. And a lot of times... They had a slot. Yeah. And and I've heard people talk about, you know, in writer's rooms and such that sometimes they get a heads up on that kind of stuff and they're able to write, write to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, here's our breaks, so we want to make sure to, to hit these points at this time. And that's fantastic, you know, when they're it's able to facts. do that. But sometimes they don't get to. And so that's... It's probably not really anybody's fault. It's just the... It was a general... It's the roll of the die. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It it wasn't a complaint as much as... You know, it bothered me because the writing 
and the and the episode deserved to be told in that way, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. But you know what? I have, other than that, I have zero complaints. It took me to today to figure it out. Okay. So that that is impressive. This is this is the second that I have taken the second episode that it have taken me more time to figure things out. So kudos guy, it's not easy to confuse me, but I got it. Well, I will say I I do have one thing you'll be happy with. Mm-hmm. I am not I I'm not against it by any stretch, but I am more open to the possibility that Red is not Ilya now. Ah, because you think the stranger is Ilya? I I don't know if it's because and here's the problem. I, and I was hoping by today that we're recording this on Saturday after the episode aired on Friday. And when The Stranger was leaked out, I don't know if it was footage that was released or if it was just leaked footage. I have no idea. But when it was put out there before the episode, people started going, wow, he looks a lot like the actor that played young Ilya. And, he does. Uh, Great cast. He does. And if he is. And if it isn't, it's a great way of confusing us. Yeah, and and that may be it, too. Um, And so I don't know if it's, if I'm influenced by opinions I've been reading or if, but, like, there's something in me that's going, what if that's Ilya? Oh, my God, that looks like Ilya. And so it may just be meant. Red, not red. And it may just be meant to make you feel that way, like you just said. I don't know. But all I can say is I am open to the possibility that Red is Ilya. I am open to the possibility that he's not. Mm-hmm. And so I am not ready to make a firm commitment either way at this point. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, um, I gotta say, guys, you know, I I think you guys listen to us. So if you do, uh, it was a very enjoyable episode. Uh, I particularly enjoy uh, being the mi- being the mice, and uh, you are the the cat. So <laughs> I'm game. Um, it it was just overall fun. Um, it was just it- fast paced. I love the way all the character, the rest of the characters were used. Some of my very favorite episodes of the Blacklist have been the team-wide heist that they've pulled. I'm not overly fond of it when it's just one or two characters. I love those full-cast heists that they pull. Mm. Um, The only exception for a heist episode that was one or two people was was Tom's, but everyone knows why I have that exception. I'm not even going to pretend. But Mm. this had, without being a heist particularly, it had that same feel, that same vibe of a heist that the, and oh my, I don't know who chooses the music, but whoever does, I want to say I've read somewhere that Bokenkamp is, is somewhat, but they have a music director. I'm sure they do. Some of the stuff, like um, Eisendrath was the one who wrote uh, Tom's death scene, and he said that he always knew that that was going to be the music playing, whatever. Thank, she- thanks a lot, John. I can no longer hear Sound of Silence now. I refuse to listen to that song ever again. <laughs> like It's been ruined for me. Utterly ruined. I cannot <laughs> listen to Sound of Silence. I feel anymore. sad. I feel sad for you because that's a it, great... It is. It's a 
gorgeous song. All right, I now know who to blame. Eisendrath, I'm looking yes. at you, bud. Yeah, <laughs> I love your well, writing, but I am. It was a gorgeous scene. I know that you got over me, but as you know, one of the best. However, I, I am biased, and I'm aware of that. Regardless, I got a what, question I, for you. What, what I was saying was that they are always spot on with the music. And this was no exception. The music was fantastic. It added to the to the scenes. I was, I, I very very much enjoyed it. I got a question for you. I have an answer. May not be what you like, but I have an answer. <laughs> um, between all the heist double episodes that we've had that include a heist, I think the director is one. What else we have um, in terms of heists? Um, the one in Paris. Yes, uh, Grace and Blaze. Grace and Blaze, mm -hmm. and this one. What is your favorite? Oh gosh, I'd I'd have to go through and and look through. I I have a habit when I'm trying to remember certain episodes because they're I haven't done a full rewatch in a while. I'm hoping this summer to have some time to do to go ahead and do a full rewatch. So I'm assuming season seven's our last season. I know James has been talking about an eight, but. Who knows? Um, but I, I the just there seem to be gearing towards it. I would like to do a full rewatch before the final season. Mm -hmm. What I assume is, um, won't know until we get there. But I I tend to go through when I'm trying to think of certain types of episodes and. I literally will Google blacklist episodes and Google has a fantastic bit where they will just lay them all out for you. Or you can go on Wikipedia and do it as well mm. where you just look through them. And I would have to go through, find all the heist episodes because otherwise if you just well, put me on the spot, three. I'm going to forget something. Grayson Blaze, the director and this one. I mean, I, this wasn't technically a heist episode, but something with that that feel to it. Well, it's it's a charade. Let's call yeah, it a charade. Yeah, a charade. Charade's good. Uh, we had other ones uh, that fall into that as well. The one with Nathan Fillion, or not Nathan Fillion, uh, Nathan Lane. But that was red, and then they were doing something mm. different. Um, okay, all right. Uh, between those three. Between those three. Um, and it might be just that we are right here, right now. Um, but I very much enjoyed this one. I that is, This is my favorite heist episode because it used everybody to the full advantage. In the, in yeah. the director, wrestler was babysitting Liz. So that didn't work. It felt, and, and this is another complaint. I feel like I'm, I'm kudosing you guys on... All the things I usually gripe about, which is, that's good. I, I feel Yay! good for doing this. I'm very excited <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, but I, I complain a lot about a lack of balance in the cast. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, it's it's an ensemble cast, and you can only have so much balance with that, or else you, you don't get the depth that you need. Yeah, 43 minutes doesn't give you yeah. that much. Yeah, exactly. They keep shortening it, too. I mean, I know understand the lights need to stay on, but give us the story. That's what we're here for. Um Regardless, I felt like they balanced this particular episode out incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So th that that is my reason because it was the pace was great, the charades were good, and this is the first episode when we have two charades. We have one involving Liz and another one involving Red. So that was just outstanding to me. And 
in a way, another one involving Robert Diaz. Yes. So three. Yeah. I And you yeah. know me. I and love layers. And I found the fourth one. Okay, go. Which I will tell you at the end. We're oh, not okay. there yet. Get so, me all excited in the moment. My goodness. I know. I got to take a little bit of, of, of the sadist in me. Tease. Sometimes for a little walk. Tease. So, uh, do you, who do you want to start with? Oh, uh, goodness. Should we start with Rudiger and the Germans? I will. I love Rudiger. Rudiger is one of my favorites of Red's Army that's still around. I was thrilled to death when they brought him back. And continued to bring him back. I mean, because first couple, three seasons, it was just every great once while he was in season one once. He was in season season one? Yes. He was in, when, in Ansel Garrick, he was there. He was at the the table with the other Germans. You're right. Oh, my goodness. You're right. I'd forgotten about that. I always forget about that because I think you've called that one before. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so he was in season one twice. He was in season two once. But it was all very sporadic very and obviously very subtle in season one. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they brought him back so much in season six has just been a delight for me. I... Mm-hmm. I love our drunken little bomb maker. He's yeah. so crazy and so much fun. And his, uh, what do they call him? The Shadow Five. I, I loved seeing Red get that excited over them. I know. That was awesome. And it was a great way to introduce a group that could have been a blacklister if the, you know, if it had fallen out differently. But they didn't. It was someone Red enjoyed. Someone Red, you know, had... I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Had, admiration from? Yeah, admiration. Admiration's exactly it. Thank you. So I, I... And what I found the most interesting is, first, the Germans were great. They were fun, you know. And, and they, they work at the airport, and it says, yeah, part-time. So there's this, all these bomb makers... They're working in all these part-time jobs that have nothing to do with that. Obviously, when they do that, they probably get paid ridiculously amount of good amount of money, yet they're there making bombs and working at the airport. I, I found that to be absolutely hilarious. Um, and then the fact that the whole bomb-making was kind of a charade and it was just like a distraction to happen, it was just wonderful. But I also, that's something that is, that we have been seeing, it's countdowns. And I, you know, a count up and a countdown, which is something that I find intriguing. We had the Kungur Six. These are the... uh, Shadow Five. Shadow Five. Um, the, The Fulcrum has four pieces. So we're going down, and now we're going to get the other three, three, two, one. And then the other countdown was with fingers. We started with um, uh, Carla losing one. Leonard Cole had two taken. Pete has three taken. Interesting. So, I, don't, I don't know for sure if it means anything, but it's still a very interesting and Berlin observation. And a very interesting yeah. observation. Yeah. So it I find those things and like mm, you know what this is this this seems like we're just 
converging, one going up, the other one going down. So whenever I see those things, it's like, yep, that that is that means something. I don't know what it means, but it means something. Well, I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but it's certainly something to put a pen in and remember because it could mean something. It very mm-hmm. likely could. And with the blacklist, as we've discussed before, there are so many little clues that you get along the way that when you go back seasons into it and binge watch it, you go, oh my goodness, there's that puzzle. It goes back mm-hmm. to to Red's white puzzle that he's creating. Uh, I think that was season three in the white mm-hmm. room. And four, that's um, that continues to be what I think about with the blacklist because you don't know what you don't know, and with a puzzle without a picture on it, it's all the more difficult to put together. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of put it aside, like you do with a puzzle, and group the like, the like with the like, and see if it fits. And that's that's really what something like that would be mm-hmm. like the apples, like the colors and, uh, the plaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, plaid not, did not disappoint. I am not questioning your plaid. Don't worry. Good. That's not what I'm doing. Good. Good. Yeah. Don't start doubting my plaid. So, um, who you want to take? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, um, did you have anything else on Rudiger? No, I just love him. I wish they keep bringing him back. That I mean, I love the, the actor. He does a terrific job. Is he actually and German? The, Do you know if he's German? I don't know. I, I, I don't started, think it is. I, I don't started think it looking is. him up today, and I got distracted in the middle of my Google search. It's been my entire no, Saturday. No, I don't think he show. is because I don't. I I I've heard in other sites talk about uh, that he's German. It's not that good, but. It was a terrific scene. I loved it. I, I've heard loved people it. say I've heard people say that about Ryan's German too. Thankfully I don't know enough German to be able to judge, so <laughs> I don't you know, it doesn't bother me. But and I'm when sure they speak Spanish, I know that it's not so good, but it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I They're mean, actors. Yeah. I mean Thank he, you for he, trying. Yeah, he gotta give some leeway there. Yeah. But all right, well let's <laughs> see. We had Vante, let's since we're doing Red's army, basically, let's go into Vante. Because oh, Vante was great organizing the the rubble, and I love that Red said it's gonna be a riot. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a riot. The thing is, I've been wanting to know for a long while exactly what Vante was in prison for because they haven't said. They never made it clear what he was in prison for, and you look at him and go, "He's a precious cinnamon roll." What was he doing in prison? Like, protect this kid. He's sweet. He's innocent. Like, what his, What landed him there? I think we may know now. I think he may be a bit of a community organizer there of the more violent mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, something of the sort. But he's very good at it. and he, He's and, very good at it. He's, a, he's a definitely a people person. And when we saw him in prison, he was the exact same way. He was running errands for Red. He was working angles for Red. He's just a clever, bright kid. Mm-hmm. He's really not a kid. I mean, I don't know how old he's supposed to be, but, you know, young Older man. Older than 21 in order to be. Yeah. Me. I mean, young man, you know, mm-hmm. and. To oh, me, he's a kid. I love Vontae, though. I was, when they introduced him, I remember thinking that I really hoped that 
that they got him out and that he stayed with Red. And I was thrilled when they kept him on. Yeah. Did you, how did you, what, what do you think about Dembe's coming back? And now we have the Townsend um, I, um, initiative. Initiative. Um, I think it was interesting. And I'm, I'm not overly shocked. One, because I had heard rumors he was supposed to come back in the finale. And two, just because what he said made sense. Mm-hmm. That I follow my path, but and it led me back, me back to, you. to you. Yeah, I really liked that line. It's it's what made a a scene that could have been viewed as convenient writing that he walked in at just the right time to shoot Anna McMahon in the head. Which, by the way, kudos Dembe. Thank you for doing the deed. I I've been waiting for someone to shoot her in the face for a long while. And because that's what I that's my jam is, you know, if I don't like a character in the blacklist, I want them to be shot in the face. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that before. So Anna McMahon got shot in the face. Well, I mean, maybe not the face, but still close enough. But regardless, I think it was a good example of where the scene could have very well hedged on convenient writing that he showed up in just the right time. And they they wrote it in such a way that it made sense. I, I just, I, I, I can't even verbalize it really, but it. Let me try. Go for it. I think because Denver didn't, he, he went away, but he was obviously looking for whatever it is that they're looking for. He wasn't just, he decided to go on a vacation, yeah. on a pilgrimage to Mecca, on a sightseeing tour of uh, Japan, Japanese gardens. He was actually doing something, and that led him back to Red. And it yes. wasn't that, you know, I came back because it was an urgency to it. So it wasn't like, hey, you're just arriving. Whoa, look, I, I saved your life. Oh, look, chaos. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's it. It's it's it was, the second time that he has done that. It was very well done, and yeah, he uh, season three okay. when they were on the run, he walked Ariel in. Ariel Kane, yeah, mm-hmm. same thing, in. and and should everybody was he had a very similar feeling to that. I I think you ha- you hit the nail on the head there that it was a sense of urgency for him to get back because he had his own reason for getting back, and so he was rushing to get there. He just happened to land in the middle of the chaos, which is not hard to do in the blacklist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I like when they bring something right back to something they've done before. Oh. Um, it, it was Ariel Kane. He came and he saved Red and Liz. This time he came and he saved the entire task force and Red. So I like that. That gave me a nice, satisfying thing of this is this is just a repeat. I like when they repeat because I mean something. And I really felt like, and I think it was in part because of Morgan and Chuck, I think was the other Mm -hmm. guy's name. Both of them got shot. Both of Red's guys got (coughs) shot. It was going after Red told Liz to get out, get out. And while he's gotten softer on the task force over the years, it's no longer, I will only speak to Elizabeth Keene. You know, he's close with all of them now. I mean, close-ish. As close as Red gets with people. I feel like this episode really keyed in on how much he's willing to sacrifice for the task force on hold. Not just Liz, but the task force on hold. They have, he sort of adopted them in a weird way. (laughs) 
that mm-hmm. he was willing. I, I enjoyed the moment between Cooper and Red where he said, do you have someone in DHS? And Red hesitated because, I mean, that's confessing something to a, you know, a mm-hmm. high ranking FBI, you know. And he said, you know, I'm not here for the opaque right now. Like, I, I need to know this because it's going to help us. And it just really showed that journey that they've been on. And it's been six full seasons of journey that mm-hmm. uh, of development between the task force and Reddington. And the shootout there with Red's men getting shot and him on his knees. He went into a situation which was highly dangerous, very risky for him. But he was willing to take that risk for the task force, not just Liz, but for the task force on whole. And you really got that impression from it. It was very mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Um, what we have had now, Red saving Cooper's life in the judge, wrestler life in in um, no. When did he say Russell's life? In in Enslow Garrick, but that's also a night we were talking about parallels and nods back. That was such yes. a nice nod back when they were in there and Wrestler mm-hmm. made the comment, yeah. Oh, this brings back memories. None of yeah. them good. So he said wrestler wrestler's life or wrestler's leg at least. He mm-hmm. might have just entirely well, he saved his life. Died. He he did a, yeah. a blood yeah. transfusion. Wound, yeah. In blood transfusion. Uh, uh so he have saved Cooper Wrestler. Liz many times. Samar. Even though she's not there right now, he saved Samar. Yeah. Say Samar. Multiple um, times. And Aram? Well, he saved his reputation because they had him beg for that. Not his life, but his reputation. And if I think by now, they have all saved each other's life. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, they're like a family now they're they're tied together well, I mean, because that, that's exactly when you it. save somebody's life you're supposed to you have a certain responsibility towards them it's a chosen family situation and that's something that they've been mm-hmm. leaning towards the entire show mm-hmm. it's it's a theme that runs deeply through the show and it's it was very nice to see it come to head in this yeah i just felt like it was a very good way to show it can we jump to wrestler? Sure. I I'm love very excited about the way that the character was written and in this episode. By the way, and the Johns are very good at writing rests, um, which you would hope they're very good at writing all of their characters considering they created this. Uh, but with Ress, um, something that I noticed on my rewatch uh, was, no, no, I, I noticed it when I was looking at someone's gift set that they did. Was Did wrestler have Red's gun? He had a revolver, not a semi-automatic. Where? Uh, at the shootout. Because well, he, he was aiming at Anna when Anna had Red on, on his knees mm-hmm. with the gun to his head. And he said, if you, you, know, if you shoot him, I'm going to shoot you. And he had a revolver, not a semi-automatic, which is like the Glock, I believe, is what, what the feds usually mm-hmm. carry. So if he had stolen it off of one of the, the transports... It should have been a Glock or something similar to that. And it definitely was not. It was, I believe it was a revolver. I'd have to go but back But it was sure. something that he took from one of the guys. Was one it? Of the, the, yeah. 
but, and okay. I, I think that some of those may have been non, you know, especially oh, well. if they were going to shoot them. They may have been uh, the ones that they were going to use to plant on them. That's true, but why would you? Hmm, it's kind of an odd gun to choose, but it is. But still, it reminded me of Red's gun. That that was the first thought that I had when I noticed it. That's unusual. It's interesting. Um, it may yeah. not mean anything, but it was interesting. I I love the fact that this time that you wrestler had a lot of very nice moments, but two two stood out to me. Uh, the first one was the the way that that wrestler is the one who figures out what the plan was, because I kept saying like the guy was there. I mean, obviously it was not to shoot the president. Because the guys, they're talking blah, blah, blah all this time and nothing happens. So I had a feeling already before we got into the episode that he, they were about to kill the wife. And the, the British guy had just got it wrong because it was a presidential debate and a plot. He assumed it was about, um, it was about killing the president. Which, which is not a far jump to make. I mean... No, I think that that's going to be part of the plot of next season because why would Anna and Sanquist be so intent on... It's like saving the country means saving this guy who's obviously not that very good a guy. He took money from Russians. He took he he, he killed two people and then covered it up. Yeah, the fate of the, the fate of the Union rests on his shoulders, then that would be... <laughs> would be screwed there. Yeah. But yeah. no, I actually have that note in, in my notes going, why were they so interested? You know, why? Like, this is not nice, nice and neat at the end of the season. It's very, ah, very it's messy. It's going into the next one. And that's, and I, I'm glad to see that. E even if it's not their usual route of going into the next season with it, I am glad to see that they're going into it because season four, they wrap up relatively nicely with with Kate. And it, and it doesn't do much for. It's bizarre. No. Yeah, you and I have talked about that quite a bit on the the podcast before, and I thought about that on here. So that's, I'm mm -hmm. glad to hear you say that you think it'll go into next season because because it it means bizarre. that whoever the alternative for Diaz is, they consider it to be a threat to the United States. Yeah, we we don't know who his vice president is. We haven't seen anything. But I don't think it's president. about the vice president. It's about the next president because they're going into a presidential election. So I, it felt to me that Sanquist and McMahon were actually not the bad guys. They were actually trying to prevent, to make sure that Diaz would stay in office, preventing whoever was the other candidate. Who's a woman. We didn't see anything else from her, but the presidential candidate that we saw during the uh, the debate was a woman that he shook okay. hands with. That's, yeah. that's all we saw. Yeah. And so they must interesting. consider her to be a threat. So they believe so I, they believe Diaz is the lesser of two evils. Yes. Okay. I so, can buy that. Yeah. Either that or they were or they're because other than that, why would you go with a cover up of a murder by a by a um, former candidate now president? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, that's not going to save the world because, you know, that's that, just that is, that is the exact thing that I have in my notes. Like, wh what part of this makes sense? How is that saving the country to save this man's reputation? Like, mm -hmm. I am, to a degree, I could see saving face, but we've had enough scandals over the years with presidents. The presidents are notorious for scandals. Yeah. Well, when it, you get it, to that height does, of power, it's that like that's... It no. would just be another one in the bucket. It's not the fate of the nation. And exactly. both of them seem to be true believers in the And they, they kept were... saying it. It's it's the fate of our nation, is our country. So mm -hmm. I think that that in in a way, um they I and I've been seeing this that at the end a lot of the guys that seem bad are going to be seen at the end as the good guys. And the good guys were unknowingly preventing the, the really good guys from doing what they were doing. Because I think that Anna McMahon thought that Red was hated Diaz. And that was not the case. Red actually liked Diaz because he got He's, something on Diaz. Well, he was able to manipulate him. And yeah. it was that was a very interesting conversation that Hannah Baker, Cooper, and Diaz had at the end. I mean, because, and you can chalk some of it up to ego, you know, that that mm -hmm. he was trying to shuffle off, you know, responsibility onto someone else. Mm -hmm. But the the fact that they took airtime for that conversation to say, how can a, how can a, what was it? A fugitive. A, a take fugitive down a on person. the run take down a, the president of the United States. Just the phrasing, the way it was worded, it kind of keyed in to make me feel like there was something more there. That, that That's, like we say, put a pin in it and, and think about mm -hmm. it later. You know, it, yeah. we're going to come back to it. Mm -hmm. It's not just his ego talking. Yeah. And Reddington made the comment. He said, I don't care about DS. Mm -hmm. I just want to get you... That, and and it, and I always want to 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 remind people, and this is a great spot for this, that this whole plot of of season six with the plot against the United States started when Red, looking for Doctor Collar, came across. They came across the Corsican because he was one of the dead guys that was a known associate of of the Corsican. So he literally stumbled across the plot because one of the dead guys was tied to the Corsican. So that was not what Red was doing. So let's shelve that until we get to 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 the crazy part of the podcast when Tessa does theories. <laughs> See, aren't you glad that I focus more on characters instead of theories? Otherwise, we would just go into so many levels of chaos over here. I'm over here going... All right, I've gotten to the point where I can enjoy the show again and kind of sit back and focus on the character development, and here we go. Let's enjoy yeah. the ride. As Megan Boone said, let's enjoy the ride. And yeah. you're over here going, but the theories, <laughs> as my yeah. head explodes. Yeah, Tessa theories. In fact, uh, in Reddit, somebody actually made an award with my name. It's called the Tessie Award. That's for amazing. crazy theorizing. And I was mentioning a mega in one of those digital magazines. 
Are you My serious? timeline was, yes, I was. That's exciting. Yes. Kudos, friend. And I got a, and I have a fake award now in my name, the Tessie Award. So when you do like crazy that's theorizing, that's a Tessie Award. That's not a fake award. I mean, you may not get anything but the award for it, but still, mm. that's fun. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, was there anything else on Russ that you wanted to... Oh uh, like yes, my second yeah. my second thing. He was the the one who who actually realized what they were doing. So I like because they've been a very consistent well, way of writing ish, wrestler. Ish he realized what they were doing. He said the only thing that makes sense was that they didn't fail. That they didn't. Yeah, but he didn't pinpoint that it was an intentional shot at the yeah. Um, or no, no, he he did pinpoint there was an intentional shot at the wife. He just didn't pinpoint why, which why? Red Red leaned into. Yeah, and so Red it, absolutely knew why because well it, that goes back. That's a way that rest that Red thinks. Well, yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Is it goes back to the type of person Red is versus the type of person Wrestler is. Wrestler, despite the growth, well. say what. You taught me well with the characters. I did. You're going to outdo me now. I'm, I'm having a purpose. What am I going to do with my life? Um, go create other characters. I'm never going to be there. I keep learning. But, but I'm proud of myself. Uh, you should be. You should be. You've got an award. You're figuring out character development. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's... I don't. I lost my train of thought. Oh, it doesn't sorry. matter. It's okay. It doesn't matter. That's the one thing that he didn't, he didn't, and the other thing was, um. Oh, oh, what I was going to say was it's a nice balance out that even though as far as wrestlers come, because he has learned, he's, he's dove into the shades of gray. He is, he has learned the world is not black and white. It, It has made him a better agent. And, but still in the grand scheme of things, when you compare him to Raymond Reddington, he still views the world in black and white compared to red. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very nice way of showing how far wrestlers come, but he's never going to be in the league of red. He's mm-hmm. he's never going to be able to do what Liz does. Liz can think like red. She doesn't like it when she does. She doesn't. It came I, I, out well this time. It did. I noticed it did. She she went all in and it worked out. And kudos mm-hmm. to her. Um, yeah. But, but I... I appreciate her for it and we can get further into that with liz when we mm-hmm. get to her but but, but Ressa was really well written on this episode he, he was and that that is the the core of it is that it just came out really well and highlighted for me at least as as a big rest fan it highlighted his growth his journey and didn't negate where he's come from and the other moment that was very nice to me was the moment where Red says a word and, you know, talking about that and, and Ressa says, it stays mm. with me. And I I found it, I found it very reassuring because Red let it go. There was no threat. There was nothing. Yeah. It was just like, the, and, and Ressa is like, I can't believe she did tell you this. Why would she tell you this? Like, this woman got no boundaries. I, I think that Red has, I'm going to, hate myself for saying this as angry as I've been at red lately. I'm about to give red a compliment here. 
Orangey. I know, I know. Put, <laughs> he put a red letter day in it for it. <laughs> Mark it on the calendar. Red has grown a great deal. He went from the mock, because he did. I, I don't think, I think. The banana peel. Yeah, I mean, to a, to a degree, I think he had a degree of respect for wrestler. Otherwise, rest never would have made it onto this team to begin with. Mm-hmm. But I still think that wrestler was the low man on the totem pole in Red's hierarchy mm-hmm. when it started. If you remember, and I believe it was the pilot, wrestler legitimately tried to speak to him. Red would look at him for half a beat and then turn to Liz and talk to her. Mm-hmm. And that was a season one thing. I mean, that that just stayed. And there was a slight turning point in Ansel Garrick when he saved his life and and such. But we've seen this progressive growth with him. And that scene was was very nice. It showed that he trusts him. Mm -hmm. Well, it was it was then they had. Nice things with with Aram because Aram is is in the field and I love like he's in the van. He's like, no, 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 we're good here. I'm not getting out. And you know that they were just gonna say they escape and shoot them in the back or whatever. Okay, let's go into Aram because there was a moment there. Speaking of character growth and where and the characters' journeys that they've been on, mm-hmm. Aram putting his knee on the guy's broken leg. I don't know if it was intentional to begin with, but he certainly didn't let up once he knew it was happening. He may have just been pinning him to begin with and not realized that he was injured. I, I'll put, I, I don't find it plausible to think that that was a rum's first go-to, was in basically enhanced interrogation. We've seen right. Wrestler do it. We've seen Liz do it. That's, that's not a, a big deal for them, but for... They had them. They were going to kill them. I was saying, like they were, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. but but I I still will say, regardless, it was it shows Aram's continual dive into the deep. Yeah. To and I want to say, can I just go and I go keep? I'm no, I'm just putting a mental thing on my on my brain. No, I mean that that was really my point was the fact that he he put his knee into it. And that even when he realized what was happening, he was, I mean, seasons one through, what, four Aram would have gone, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you know, and immediately backed off because he was hurting another human being. A terrorist was trying to kill him and he felt bad for shooting him. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't begrudge him that. I think there is something very, and I, I don't, I don't say, yeah, I was going to, precious is the wrong word because that's just got a different connotation these days. But yes, innocent and and good about yeah. that. It's it's is that good innocent before you understood what evil does, but and then you realize that you know, like wrestler, he needed to grow to be able to survive in this world, and that's that's really what it boils down to: is these characters have to grow or they're going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to lose anybody else. What was the pin? No, find your pen. I'm sorry. Oh. No. It's usually my thing. Losing the pin. Okay. It will come. Um, it was something about the way that a rum um mm, mm. 
Aram with the leg and the injury and being willing to advance interrogation. Ish. Well, Aram, yes, Aram had had a very, very specific um, trajectory because he started being the innocent and good who had had no traumas and was just like, um, you know, an ethical hacker and he was recruited and has gone through a, a training of depth. And I, I always want to remind people that because there are a lot of people who are like they're winging it. They don't know where they're going. Um, and I and I always like to go back and remind people to take a look at the promotional pictures of season three. And in the promotional pictures of season three, um, Aram was shown at the bottom of it looked like a submarine or something. And he was climbing up. I honestly always saw it as one of those ladders in a library, but maybe that's just me. It had pipes. Did it? Yes. I thought it, I thought it no looked like one of those... near him. He was in the darkness those, climbing. One of those uh, rolling ladders to, to get up to a higher level and, and view. Okay, I saw a submarine, you saw a library. Um... <laughs> Anyway, I see a library anytime I can. And he was at the bottom and he was climbing. So that that happened. And and Wrestler and Cooper and Dembis World were all tilted out of whack. That's what have happened to these characters. They all have gone through a a path in which the direction in which they're going, they everything got got out of out of whack and they just had to make hard choices as to who they were and what they were doing. Aram was going up and Samar was shown in some stairs when she had to make decisions. So, you know, these characters have had this, this um, path for a long time. And it's important to remember that because sometimes we tend to lose faith in the writers and faith in the show. And I have been as guilty as everybody else of doing so. For example, I was so angry about the bones until I realized the bones had a reason for the bones changing. I, here's the good thing for me. While I, I still, I'll stand by that. I feel like a lot of the overarching mythology has been incredibly thin this season so thin the individual episodes uh, not not in every episode there's been a lot of mythology recently but I'm just saying overall over the course of 22 episodes I felt like it was very thin and that they were stretching a story out to meet the episode count that the the network required which which is a, it's a continual debate between network mm-hmm. versus streaming. Streaming mm-hmm. tends to be quote unquote better and I I definitely add the quotes there because they tend to have between 10 and 13 episodes so the writing has to be tight. It is required to be tight because otherwise you can't tell the story. 
it's just an entirely different formatting there. And every time I hear someone talk about how they wish they had more episodes, they wish they were just like, you know, the season was year long and there were always episodes and this and that. I'm like, you don't understand how that would kill the writing. Like 22 yeah. is already, it is already stressful. And this is coming from someone that wants to get into network TV. Like mm-hmm. I have zero interest in going towards streaming. I would love to get into network TV. But it is a challenge. And it's a challenge to tell your story, not only with no guarantee that you have another season coming, but also to stretch it out for that and to pace it. It goes back to mm-hmm. pacing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my continual complaint about pacing. Yeah. And I, I thought that they were more, that they're, this, they're actually being pretty generous with canon. Lately. Uh, in the last, last half of the season, maybe? first half of the season was so slow it made me want to rip my hair out yeah, uh, no. oh oh you're saying this now you have a short memory you and i both I, talked I, about I, it on the I podcast was, i i you know what i gotta say yes you're right at one point in the season i'm like this is worse than the bones i'm calling then, you out yeah <laughs> and it may yeah, be you're right I, you're right it may be that i go back and do my rewatch and go oh that was more than i realized but it, I, I just remember the feelings that I had, that it felt so stretched and mm-hmm. so thin. And what was my point? I had a point somewhere back there. Just, oh, you lost your pen, like me. I did. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm just keep going and thinking, somewhere in here I'm going to find my, my trajectory and find where I was. And I've lost it. I'm just going to have to. Admit it, we were talking about pacing. Yeah. And, and the 22 episodes and it being thin. And yes. <laughs> we were talking about, we started talking about Wrestler and then we went about Aram and the, and the change. No? There's something in the middle there that, that shifted me into this rant. Oh, God, what was it? I don't remember. I'm going to go back when I edit this and go, that was it, because I'm going to hear what I was talking about. And I'm sitting here, and I have no way to do that right now without wasting time. Um, so, anyway, re- regardless, I totally off of whatever I was meaning mm-hmm. to say a million years ago when I started this. <laughs> this Did you know? Okay, so, let's talk about... There you go. Let's uh, just this. totally shift gears. Yeah. Yes, let's talk let's about this. Uh, do we this, hang this, on? Do we want to go to Liz yet, or do we want to keep with the task oh, Cooper. force? Cooper, Cooper. Hey. I was like, don't lose Coop there. And I would just like to make the comment that as many complaints as I have about Raymond Reddington, mm-hmm. I would love to go eat with that man. He <laughs> has. I'm sitting there looking. I mean, it's it's seven o'clock the Central Time. French toast kebabs? I wasn't aware that was a thing. I'm going to find out what goes into that, and I'm going to make it. My gosh. That is fantastic. And the Ethiopian porridge. I don't I have even no know idea what that, what that is, but it sounded delicious. Yes. I, you know, I don't know what it means, but I'm going to find out. And everything. I was glad I, that they brought that back. 
because she has been a while since read. Other than the the, no, the, the steaks the that Chicago thing that he was no, going no, no. to eat. No, uh, And when when Liz showed up in China, yes, she showed up in China. It was uh, the, yeah, the succ- succ- succulent goose. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I love it when they do that because like there there has to be a foodie on staff, and I don't consider myself a foodie. I am. I am a person that was raised in a house that did not cook a lot. And when I got out on my own, I realized just how expensive it is to eat out all the time. And so I decided to teach myself to cook as a young adult. And I I literally, I just go through recipe sites and the cookbooks I have and find things to cook during the week. And that's how I find out how to cook things. Mm. And, but I... I am a lover of food without being a... I I wouldn't consider myself a foodie just because I don't think I'm at that level. But I have tremendous respect for foodies. I Mm. wish I were a foodie. I wish I could afford to be a foodie. Red definitely qualifies as a foodie. Oh, Red's such a foodie. And it's one of the qualities I continue to love him him for. Did did you notice that Wrestler and Cooper are like, you think we have time to eat? (laughs) I did you also notice that Liz was drinking that green smoothie yeah. reds? <laughs> Is she having now spinach because she's Popeye? She's uh, now olive oil. She's uh, eating her spinach like a Popeye. Yeah, and then Aram is the contrary. He's like, oh my god, are those the the kebabs? Oh, the like, moment, the moment I walked in there, I would have been done. I'm like, I don't think on an empty stomach. I just don't. I'm. I'm the world's worst. I get distracted. I, I get so hangry. And if I had just spent the entire night locked up in my own base, I would have been so pissed and so hungry. And they put that in front of me and I would have gone, done. <laughs> like, I am not saying another word we until I think eat. later. Yeah. Yeah. You eat, like, we'll think. eat and think at the same time, but not yeah. think before eating. French toast kebabs. So that was that was hilarious, and the table with it with it, it was just great. I don't know where Red's been hiding that space, but I want to live there. My gosh, it was amazing. So, and Cooper was like, "Yeah, I'm going to take you down." He's like, "Yeah, you don't know Agent Cooper. I don't think so." He was so cocky with with uh, McMahon. Cocky, yes, but I think. That just goes back to the fact that Cooper is a very good man. Does he make mistakes? Absolutely. But he is, at his core, he is just a very, he believes in right and wrong. Now, is he willing to hedge into wrong to get to right? Is he a, you know, ends justify the means kind of guy? I think he's less so these days than he used to be. But I think he is also honest enough with himself to acknowledge when enough He's an good guy. Yeah, enough good comes out of out of the what situation to justify dealing yeah. with the devil. And and so I I think with McMahon, even if he thought he was going to prison, I don't think he thought she they'd ever catch Liz cuz he is well aware that regardless of biology, if she is, if she isn't Red's biological child, she's geared that direction. He has, he has not heard that she's not. Well, I, I'm I mean, not, I'm just saying, when, when she I'm was, saying in when general. She was trying to tell Cooper that there was another Red in tune and, and Red in tune is like, what? 
What are you talking about? That one that could be trusted and turn into the one that oh, cannot be yeah, trusted. Yeah, yeah. And Cooper was like, I've no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I don't blame him for that. Um, regardless, I think that he has a lot of faith in Liz and a lot of respect for, for Liz, not just in her capabilities as an agent, but... The only the only phrasing I can use for it is as an operative as well. Mm-hmm. She really is. She's both agent and operative. That's yeah. why I've always said she she would do very well at something like Halcyon. I don't think she would want to though. I think she wants to take those skills and use them for the FBI. And as long as she's in the right group, like she is now, yeah. she'll be fine with it. Yeah. Well, because I, I think they, they allow I, her to use it. Alcyon did everything that Alcyon did was actually for good. Mm-hmm. They didn't never do like a bad thing. Oh, no, Even when they introduced her, the guy who was hiring her was being undercut by somebody buying oil from terrorists and disguising them as being not from terrorists in order to evade um, sanctions. No, I agree. I, I'm not saying how sounds like a bad group. I just there, there is something more lawful. Yes, and I think there's something inherent uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, like, I, I'm very hesitant on trust in general of large corporations and large government. Yeah, just trusting. Trusting is not my jam. Um, but I I think there is something inherent in a lot of Americans that you... And I... God, as I say this, I'm hearing all the problems with what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm hearing, oh, Jen, you are a young white woman, aren't you? Um, what I was going to say was there's a general trust in law enforcement. Um, you would like to trust in law enforcement. Yeah. Whether, you, whether you can or not is up for, for debate. Mm-hmm. But you would like to. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to trust, I would think, in... So you think that that Liz is more comfortable yes. within the law? I think that's that a very long way to get to it, but yes. <laughs> I think that she's going to end up having to choose, and I have a feeling that she's going to choose not uh, not law enforcement because of the know. things that she was saying that she had to teach Agnes. So mm-hmm. how did Red, you know, what kind of things Red did in order to train her so that she can train Agnes. So that that is leading me to believe that at the end that's where they would be going. Um, and I could totally see Liz uh, surrendering herself to the FBI and only talking to Assistant Director Donald Ressler. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> I would love to see Liz in that. I mean, and she... To a very small degree, she's already played that part, but not nearly to the to the style of Raymond Reddington. Because when in season, latter half of season three, right before she, uh, right after she came back from being on the run, but before she was reinstated, she didn't have her badge back and she was working as a consultant for the FBI. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's basically what Red does. He's a consultant. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a CI. He's a confidential informant. It would be very interesting if the task force remained intact and Liz took over. Because I, I have 
I, I am prepared, I think. I say that. I, I will never be prepared until I find out how they do it. I am prepared for Red not to survive the show. And I know some people will go, oh, Jen, that's because you hate Red. I don't hate Red. I want to see Red redeemed. No, if you they, just try to kill him in every fiction that you write. You know what? Not the next one. I'm working really hard to keep that man alive, okay? Wow. <laughs> the last one he just needed, it was the way the redemption fell out, okay? It happens sometimes. I know, you didn't have a choice. I the didn't. Character. That's what the story demanded. Leave me alone. I am a slave to the story. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, let's move to someone else. Uh, Cooper, All right. Cooper. Let's move to Red. All right, Red and Liz and the whole shebang. Um, so, by the way, it's and this is to, to kind we of combine. Red and Liz and the whole shebang, and then we have to do Red and the other shebang. <laughs> the other shebang, I love it. Um, so, there was someone we forgot to mention back up with the, uh, the bit about the Red's, Red's Army, because he's sort of part-time. He's like that 16-year-old that's gotten his first job out of school mm-hmm. and is missing he's prom. Missing the prom. <laughs> Tadashi. Mm-hmm. So I have very mixed emotions about Tadashi because I, I hate that Red went after a minor. <laughs> like, it really bothers me that he went after a minor, and I also have to wonder why the freaking crap did this mother... Agree to give him weakened access to her child. Well, you figure it out that if he's a hacker, I'm not sure that Red is the worst that he can go with. No, I agree with that. Like, but that's because we have a more omniscient sort of view of Red. Like, if he's gonna just put his. But you don't know what he has done or how Red found him. Because That's Red may true. have found him because he hacked into the NSA or you know, he hacked into, yeah. You don't I, know how he found what's him. The, what's the mom's name, Mirko? Mirko? Uh, I don't remember. Miyago, me. Um, I think it's Mirko. Um, but regardless, the mom, um, Tadashi's mom. If I were her, I would take all of his electronics and would not allow him to touch anything electronic. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, that may be a bit what extreme. Are you, what kind of mother would you make? <laughs> you can't do that. Then go to school and find some other stuff. That's fair. Actually, that you're right. That that would be encouraging the kid to just rebel. But yeah. and, still, I'm not sure I would be more illegal. To... So I, you I'm don't not... know how he found him. I have yeah. a feeling that whatever Red's doing, it's the the best of two evils. So yeah, the, you the lesser of evils, like yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yes. Yeah. It's, and that it's, that could be it, but as much as the mom hates him, I'm shocked that she was willing to go that route. And we don't know the whole thing, but I also love him, so it's a double-edged sword because I love him and I was kind of glad to get him back because mm-hmm. I, he's adorable. He was, he was, yeah, he was, an, he was great. I, I honestly think I would be, I would feel better if he was over 18 and just like well, he's graduating now, so living so in much. his mom's basement or something, you know, he's, I, he's probably now either go to college or be recruited as a hacker. Well, I mean, he could be a junior and going to to the prom. He could assist- so that's sixteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said he was missing his prom. Yeah. Any prom you go to is now your prom. 
But anyway, regardless, Tadashi, uh, it, it was just fun seeing him. I feel like I need to, you know, as we're moving into red, I need to make the comment that it was fun to see him. And I, I loved Liz's comment. So when you save the president of the United States, you will eventually write a book about this and you'll be in a whole different level. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, you're going to be in a league of your own. And I, and I think no woman will be out of your league. That that right there is the reason I can accept Liz being OK with it. Because she does know Red. She does trust Red for right or wrong. She trusts him. And I think that's what she sees is that I think that was a greater good sort of statement. You know, mm-hmm. you were you're protecting the president of the United States. Buckle down and do it, kid. Mm-hmm. Did were you glad to see Panabaker back? Um, it was fun. It's I mean, I think that it was appropriate for her to be there. I felt kind of bad for her because I think Cooper lied to her at first, but I love that, that Red was in cuffs to go see the, the first lady. <laughs> Did you notice and, that? Yeah. I mean, course. he waltzed in there in cuffs. Yeah. And, that took a lot of trust on on Red's part to to be willing yeah. to do that. Well, it was it was Panabaker, and, and besides, I mean, Panabaker was probably very happy because McMahon basically elbowed her out. Mm-hmm. So Panabaker is like, "Yep, I got my own Reddings on back." It's you know, it's the battle of the redheads. Remember, it was, yeah, yeah. a lot of redheads. Yeah. So you know that Katarina will not have a redhead, right? I don't know why you got to that, but we'll get to Katarina here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just to give you kind of a heads up, I was going to say, I feel like we'll both have some Katarina stuff to lay into. So red, actually into red. Where would you like to start with that? Well, before we go into red, let can we do Liz uh, getting Agnes back? Okay, if you want to go into that, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a specific thought on it, or were you looking for my thoughts? I was looking for your thoughts, because that is your area, baby. <laughs> the Keens, the Keens are mine. The I make Keens claims on the Keens. character, and, and Red was there. And... I, thought, I thought it was very interesting, and they made it very pointed in the writing, where she was determined that she was getting Agnes back. There was no if, ands, or buts. She was finishing this, they were wrapping it up, and she would have Agnes back. Now, I think I said last last week that I didn't assume that we'd get Agnes back until she walked into the room. Honestly, I didn't trust that we'd get Agnes back until she walked into the room. Towards the end of the episode, I'm going, I don't think we're getting Agnes back. And then there she came. So I was wrong. I'm willing to mm-hmm. admit that. And, uh, well, eh, wrong Who knows for how long, though? Hesitant. Hesitant. Mm-hmm. I was hesitant. Uh, but I loved that scene there. And I thought it was very interesting how nervous Liz seemed. She has spent, and she used the term anxious. And I think that was actually accurate when she used that. Because the way she looked at Red when she realized she was going to have dinner alone with her little girl was mm-hmm. terror. She was like, afraid. Yeah. Well, it, like, what am I going to talk here. about? 
Uh, I'm, I'm not yeah. sure I can do what, this. What do I do? She was scared. It was a little girl looking to her father for help. Her husband is dead. She's finally brought her daughter home. This is reality sinking in. I think Liz has a habit of pulling herself out into this heightened reality that she often lives in. And she does. She lives in this heightened reality. But Tom helped to anchor her when he was there. And she was able... She could go home to someone who both understood the world that she lived in and also asked her to live the domestic life. And so it was this nice... It was this nice balance that she had of, of it's not like she was going home to what she thought in season one of this, you know, teacher that was innocent and had no idea what was going on. He was well aware she could she could bring home the issues and talk to him if she needed to. Mm-hmm. But he also asked her to be normal. And, and now she has Agnes without Tom. And I don't think she knows what to do with it because she's sitting there. And she has to find this... She hasn't been a mom for that long. Well, she hasn't been a mom, and she hasn't been a mom. Tom spent the first month of Agnes's life with her without Liz, because Liz faked her death. Mm -hmm. Then they lost Agnes to Kirk, and then they got her back for a little while. Then she went to work. Uh, But then Tom left, and she did get a a little bit of time. But yes, she was at work. There was a nanny. And... I just feel like there's been one event after another, after another, after another, and she's never had to really... Yeah, there's been no normal. And it's very, very little. Very little normal. And I've I've said for a very long time that the Keens are not normal. They are their version of normal. And that they, they had to accept that. But I think with Agnes, she has to figure out how to Tom understood where she was coming from. She can't bring that home to her daughter. That was part of the problem. It's part of the reason she asked Scotty to take her for a while is because she was living in this darkness. She Mm -hmm. has to find her way to pull herself out of the darkness to be a mom to this child. Her husband was her equal. He understood the child Mm -hmm. relies on her. Tessa's having a fit over there. Please. Yes. Say. It's just because there's there's something in there that you I I know you're gonna love. Okay, Did go. you notice that um, when Red was talking to the stranger, and we were gonna get into that, um, they were talking about being positive, and you know that you know that how you know have I ever let you down and mm-hmm. things like that, and it reminded me of of Liz and Tom. When Tom said, um, you know, I, I didn't want to tell you because you'd be positive, that Tom was the one who brought Liz into positive, into humor, into laughing. And I thought it was interesting because they're, 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 they're drawing a, a, um, a, a sort of very loose parallel between this stranger that knows Red from childhood and it brings a little like positive light and red tends to go into that dark space mm-hmm. like Liz does. So I thought yeah. it was interesting and I thought you were going to like it, but I guess you are not impressed. No, I, I'm just not following it particularly. Um, 
It makes sense in my head. I'm sure it does. No, no, no. I don't question that for an instant. Uh, you and I think on very different wavelengths. It's I w- what I hope makes the podcast fun. I would assume it does. We have for for a tiny podcast, we have relatively good listenership. I mean, oh yeah, and there is all the people that never leave a comment and all that, I, and then I was gonna say, I, they I refer don't, to it in other media. That's always interesting. I I don't look at the numbers very often, but I went back a couple episodes ago and just scrolled through numbers, and I was like, I, I expected to lose a lot of listeners after Tom died. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we did. Mm-hmm. We've done very no, well. I think we've saved so, maybe kudos, more guys, people than, uh, than we expect. Yeah. All right. So th- do you have something else on this? Other than their mm-hmm. awesome plan? I mean, she created a charade that Red would have been. Oh, yes. I do have something. I do have something. I'm excited about it. This is what I did you see that when Liz was guiding them by opening the doors did you did it reminded you of Ivan guiding the the woman the uh, Abby that he was in love with uh, through the streets by turning on the street lamps I made the jump immediately I know who you're talking about he was turning oh, on the streetlights. Oh, oh, it wasn't Ivan. It was Ivan was the guy they thought that was the guy doing. Yeah, he was. He was signing it was as the kid. Ivan. Yeah, it, it was, was the, the kid, kid. signing yeah, as I, Ivan. Yeah, I haven't actually seen that episode in so long, so no. I, like I vaguely understand what you're talking about, and so I did not make that jump, but I did love the scene. It was there was such a quick wit about it mm-hmm. that it it went back to how good Liz is. I I get very frustrated when I hear people say that Liz is dumb or she just makes very dumb mistakes or she's not a very strong female role. Everybody has areas of blindness. And that's, and she's human, heaven forbid. And it's, I, I get very quick to defend <laughs> a lot of times when people get that way. Um but yeah, it's she they they very much highlighted her cleverness mm-hmm. in this. It was good. And this I this was really it. worthy of red. It had everything. Yes. She made them think that they were escaping in order for them and directed them like right there to the box and then so that they would be put in the box so that they would be safe. And then well, they would they do. Were, they were in one spot in which they knew the access code to get to it. And I loved Red's comment about. I, I have it written down. Yeah. Hang on. I wouldn't, Let me find I wouldn't it. put the, my girlfriend with the high security box. But. Yeah. Uh, not sure I'd associate a high security containment cell with my girlfriend, but I guess love is, is blind. <laughs> it was such a great line. I don't know who wrote that, but John, John, or Lucas. Or someone else who just, like, pitched that in the, the room. I don't know who wrote it, but whoever you are, I love you forever. It was such a beautiful line. <laughs> I cackled in all the right ways. So, are, are we all done with, with everybody else and ready to delve into the mythology aspect of this? Yes, give me my mythology. Give it to me now. Well, um, tell me what you think. Because right, so, you so, you made a statement at the beginning. <laughs> Did. So we're starting with The Stranger. Um, 
I, and as I said at the beginning, I, I am still to this moment not certain if I was, if I am being influenced by other thoughts and, oh, because I mean, I, I tend to, when I come up, I'm not a theorist. I, I am not a theorist by, by nature. I look at things, I look at character development and any theories I tend to come up with tend to be via character development. And I'm about to give Tessa a aneurysm over there. Would you like to say what you're going to say? Yes. So tell me something, because I've been meaning to ask you, and I think it we just kind of like in Rasmus, there was so much to talk about that we didn't. And I, I kept that question because I'm interested in your answer. Mm-hmm. When you heard the story that Dom told us, did you think... Knowing Red as we have for six seasons, that that made sense with the character that he was Ilya. You know, this guy who was like goofy in love with Katerina. So I'm going to say a hesitant yes, also saying and also adding to who you are at 30 years old and who you are at 60 years old can be vastly different. Mm-hmm. Just because it depends on if you if you live the same life basically for 30 years, then you may not change as much. But if you have vast life experiences that shape your very soul, It's who you were at 30 maybe leaps and bounds back Mm. from who you are at 60. And so, yes, I mean, the way he views Katarina and the sort of devotion I I have felt as a viewer that he feels towards Katarina. Mm -hmm. Yes, I felt very confident in in the Ilya bit. And that's that's why I say I. At this moment, I am not... I am back on my fence. And... I am not willing to throw in... I was talking to a friend the other day, or I guess last night after the episode, who was very much very on the Ilya, you know, side of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I think this episode may have at least shaken that faith for me. And I said at the time that I, you know... I wanted to believe it, that that I felt like a lot of people that disbelieve the Ilya thing could be from the writing issues. Not not issues in a bad way. Well, I... <laughs> not, not, issue, not things that I agree with, particularly. I feel like they flip-flop too many times. There's, there's a line there that it's difficult to find sometimes that you don't realize you've crossed it until you've crossed it. And I believe that the writer's team has crossed the is he or isn't he with being Liz's father far too many times in the span of six seasons. More I think they come. should say what more to come. Oh God. I am I, predicting I don't, more to I come. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but it makes <laughs> me cringe. Like, the people that... I, I don't know a whole lot of casual viewers of this show, but everyone that I do know has long since run for the hills. They've just left because... And if I ask them, why did you leave? The question. 
it was boring. I, I was done. And it just, it stretched them too thin out on it. And with so many shows on television, so many options, you know, you, you have to go in deep to stick with it. I would... Well, I think that the, the issue with that question is that they have been answering in little pieces. And it's like they're getting, you're getting a word out of a sentence at a time. I think. I love it. I, yeah, I don't. Um, it's It will remain probably my top complaint of the blacklist. I would assume till the end. The, is, what, if and, I, and, what if they couldn't answer it because then the series will be over? Then they should have found a different way to lay the series out. They what went, if they couldn't? No, there's always a way. You're you sounding like Red now. <laughs> there's always a way. I mean, that when it comes to writing, there is always a way. That's something that I have been learning personally in my own experiences recently. With I, I will look at a script that I've written. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever written in my life. Oh my god, I'm a genius. And then I get reactions back from I'm like, I don't think I can correct this in any way to make it better. This is the best I can write. I'll get responses back, and once I get past that horrific, why have you betrayed me and told me this is horrible reaction that you you have as an emotional reaction, and start actually looking at the what people are putting in front of you, I stop and go, okay, and then I find a much better path that I never would have found without the complaints. Mm. I think, personally, that this, and, and this goes back again to the pacing issue, which goes back to the fact that John Bokenkamp, who is, while, while Eisendrath is, is a co-showrunner, he is not the creator. This is, this is Bokenkamp's baby. And mm-hmm. on the freaking rare chance that he's listening i don't say this is a bad thing good heavens i hope you know because i i hate when my own stuff is brutalized and so i i don't want to say this is like a negative thing but it's a learning experience it's he's coming out of features this is his Mm -hmm. first television show well i would hope that his next and his next and his next continues to get much better with pacing but I, as of right now the father issue with pacing is my biggest pain point well I, my my take on that is that and you know i may be wrong because i'm coming at it not from a character development mainly from theory and i tell you right now theories tend to be much more long game theory yeah and and that may be it for me and and this is in in the theories in the parts of my theories that have that I have been put out there and the parts that I have not the parts of this that I have not put out there um, to me what they're doing makes perfect sense perfect sense it would not make sense to people until the very end and I'm quite okay with it i i think i got everything anticipated i'm not gonna say everything here um just because you know some of the stuff is so outrageous that people would not even that would be like no we're not going there 
Well, I can't say, like, as it stands right now, I can't imagine a scenario in which, in which at the end I would go, oh, the father issue was okay. I, I now absolve you of all of my irritation with this. <laughs> I, I cannot fathom this. But I am also well aware that I am not omniscient. Mm-hmm. There have been many a time in the blacklist, and this is one of the things I love about about the group work that goes into television shows. Mm-hmm. It is such a fascinating thing and something that I very much want to be a part of because I think it... I, personally, the kind the, of writing the, that the I do... And it resulted so much better than the individual yes, parts. Because, because one person has this idea that they think is brilliant, but until they get feedback from other people, it can't they reach make it more potential. brilliant. Yes, yeah, it, it reaches a potential. And yeah. so there may be a path in there. I, I am willing to very much admit that there may be a path in there that at the end, I go, all right, I was wrong. And the path you took is is the best one. You took the best path that you could have possibly taken. And kudos to you. It may be partially that way. It may be none of that way. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were to personally rewrite the blacklist, I would have taken an entirely different direction. But you don't know would... where they're going. But that's also it. I don't know the ending. And so mm-hmm. I can. S- it's really easy for me to say on the outside. Yeah. Versus Except being... That- being on the inside adds so many more layers that it's, yeah, there's just more truth on that end. So going back to our, <laughs> our, we've been sorry, we've gotten off on a, a few tangents tonight. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so now we get to the mythology part. We talk about all the rest of the stuff. The mythology part were three scenes: two between Red and a man called the Stranger. Okay, now, I know that everybody is getting very excited about this Katerina. Um, And one of my friends in Reddit, uh, who's also called Jennifer, um, and a believer in in Carolina, uh, she just, you know, she she was the first one in saying, I don't think that this is the important part. Is that stranger? That stranger is where this thing is going next season. Um, and, and this is the important thing. When, I mean, you get, I, when you get an ominous name like The Stranger. The Stranger. I mean, it's I, like, it's, hello. Well, it's very much a blacklister name. Yeah. I mean, that's always been the type of blacklisters. Overall, it's been the something or another. It's rare that it's Anna McMahon or Robert Diaz. It's been more so... It's names or, or this colorful aliases that they use mm-hmm. or description that, that makes sense. So, yeah. this is, so this the, is the, the fact that he was called The Stranger without being a blacklister specifically, I feel mm-hmm. like that zeroes in on something. Yeah. No, and there is, there is so many interesting things about this guy. Um, first he looks like an old Ilya. He does. He really does. Mm-hmm. The second one, he calls Red Raymond. He knows Red from childhood because apparently they got into some time in which no trust was because uh, Red would not give back a truck. And so this is like playmates, brothers, uh, siblings, a... Uh, cousins, 
friends. I, I was going to say, I, I definitely got a family vibe with the fact that he loves him because brother. he trusts him. Yeah. To me, that's his brother. Um, yeah, I could see it. Then the other, the other thing that we have there is that he also knows Dom. And he knows Liz as Masha. Mm -hmm. And he's well aware of, of, of Liz having a child. So this is very much family. I got a family vibe. And to me, the guy is Ilya. Because I never bought the, the, the story, the tale that Dom told. Um, for many reasons. It didn't make any sense for me from, from the characters. It didn't make any sense... Uh, to me from the way he was narrating it and when he I analyzed the way lead Liz was leading that tale by telling them what she knew and anticipating where he was going I realized that once I removed those items what was left was two pieces of information that that Dom was was telling about the four million and about a guy named Ilya Koslov and, and once I, I looked at that and I said, okay, finally, it, like a week later, so this is good. These guys are being good because it took me a week to instead look at the plot in the scenes, not what Dom was wearing. And sure enough, those are the two scenes where we don't have plot. So I knew that those two scenes were the good scenes because don't doubt my plot. So long as you don't doubt my plot, we're good. Now... This, this to me was so, so family. It felt like a brother. It felt like a, like a cousin um, that knows Red and knows Red and call him Raymond. So now we're getting more and more people who know Red and call him Raymond. And whenever people are talking about, oh, Raymond Reddington is not his name, I always feel that the writers are doing this, this, um, Oh, what was the Aram call it? The lexical ambiguity. Just because Reddington is not his name doesn't mean that Raymond is not his name. I've had that or, in story in which his name was Raymond. Mm -hmm. And that was, I mean, because... It's, too, too many, many people? Pe too many people call him Raymond. Yeah, too many people. It's just that, and then every well, time... I've, I made the comment during Rossfoot, during our, our episode covering Rossfoot, that one of my biggest hang-ups over Ilya, uh, Red is Ilya theory, is that that his, uh, roommate. his roommate, roommate from from the academy, called him Raymond, knew him, seemed to well, be very Well, he didn't call him anything, but, but well, it's, he knew but who he, he was. He recognized him as Raymond Reddington. Recognize the voice. Constantine recognized the voice as Re as Raymond. So that that's Fitch. what I always. Huh? Fitch. Yes, Fitch. Um, Sam recognized him. So you, there is there is more and more evidence mounting that his name is Raymond. Just and when people when the stranger also said, well, she was bound to find that you're not who you say you are. Yes. I've known since 101, since September 23, 2013, I have known that Raymond Reddington is not his name. I've known that since, since he put eyes on Liz and started talking. I knew that. 
But that doesn't mean that Raymond is not his name. Tessa is not my real name, but it's my name. So there you go. That's it's it's the same thing. It doesn't have to be your entire name. Um. So, I, and I love that the way that they 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 had a vibe that was kind of you know when you don't even need to say goodbye or whatever you just like sit there meeting a by the sea they always meet by the sea by the water who do you think uh, uh this guy is do you think is Elia? um i i don't Robert? have a i don't have a definite opinion yet i think mm-hmm. it's possible it's Ilya. um i do agree with you that it felt very familial Mm-hmm. Um, if not familial, then at least something that dates back to childhood. An older brother. Little... Yeah, a brother or or childhood friend. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you keep up with childhood friends through adulthood, it's like having a sibling. It's like, yeah, it's like having family. Yeah, and I mean, because you know each other's parents, you know each other's ins and outs. and er, Yeah, you've been in and secrets. out of each other's houses. Yeah. Your par- their parents parented you as well exactly um, exactly and so i mean i i have different thoughts on him and all in all in the end i think that i am open to where they lead with him i am interested and to be fair that's that's what they need from me is to mm-hmm. be interested in who he is not necessarily to know who he is i am so interested you yeah. Now, <laughs> I hadn't gathered. Let Let's go in, into the woman because I'm going to go back to the stranger. Um. See, this is where you and I all disagree. Yeah. Then we go. We go into this scene, and no, you know what? No, it it won't make any sense. The the that is seen, and I had to print it, and I have it right here. I printed that scene and I stare at it. And then I went and did gardening stuff while thinking about the scene. And that's when I got it. And you know how I got it? Because a stranger asked Red, are you sure? Are you sure about this if you're not sure? And I kept looking at this at this words because that's exactly what Anna McMahon told um, Diaz. Ooh, asked the same thing. Are you sure nice- about this? That is a nice parallel. Yeah. And I, I like thought, it. what is this? Because Diaz was planning something convoluted, um, making the wife believe that he was going to confess, and at the same time he was planning to assassinate her, and Anna was going with that. I do have a question. Can, we, can I throw a question mm-hmm. in here real fast? It's back to Robert. Yep. Um, I, I don't know how we didn't cover this at the beginning. What on earth did that wife think was going to happen? He was going to walk out there on the national stage at a presidential debate and go, I killed a mother and his son while I was drunk driving with my wife. Mm-hmm. Is that what she thought? Yep. Like, who the would do that? That's what she had asked to, and she thought that he was going to do it. I mean, honestly. He said, either you do it or I do it. Yes, and the thing is, I you know, I, I have never been in politics. I never planned to be in politics. It is a terrifying, soul-sucking situation. But I imagine that those people have people 
around them, like Anna McMahon, like Sanquist, that are just so involved in your life that they know everything that's happening. And even if this came out, one, somebody would know. If he was actually planning to do this, somebody would know. And two... They yeah, would never to the cleaner. They would never allow him to take a stage to announce this at a presidential debate for his reelection with the wife their wife wanted to believe it. She didn't it was not realistic. He was never going it, to do no, that. No, it was but the wife that's my thought, point, is that it was just like what entered her mind it's just because people I, want to believe what they want to believe i don't know if i'm really impressed or if i'm skeptic over how well they they made us believe she was the big bad in last episode you know it and and to be to be fair this could turn around and and be that that she just that she was the one behind the wheel that she was the one who killed these people and that she was doing all this in order to get injured, and she's actually working with this was working with the other guys, and her intention was to get him out of the way I, so that she could be the one involved. I, I have to see that happen. I have to admit that I was a little disappointed that it was a self-focused, selfish sort of situation of trying to save his own skin versus the cabal or something like that pulling the strings. I, I, I think was, that the cabal might be the alternative and they're I, scared. I don't know. I don't feel like it is. Not at this point, which makes me really sad. Like I felt like, and it almost, it made me wonder at the time. And I don't think I actually jotted this down my notes, but I do remember thinking about it. The, it makes me wonder if, because I, I know that Boken camp had talked about, having an ending, you know, that, that he wanted to pitch and that mm -hmm. he wasn't sure if NBC and Sony would mm -hmm. be okay with it. Mm -hmm. And I almost wonder if he had a more global sort of ending with, with uh, Diaz situated, but with the questions that are being posed in, in the political theater today, and the, the various situations that are, are coming about and being asked, if that felt like they too were... Too close to reality? Either too close to reality or pushing an agenda or, you know, it's... It Hollywood. could be. And so I, I do wonder, it, it felt like to me that there, the ending of the season was something that they... Maybe not something they created just at the end of it, you know, like it was not thought through at all, but that it was not the first choice. Yeah. I, I feel that there is more to all this and I and would not be, be surprised that is either now the opponent who's going to be the, the focus next year or that it was always the wife and the wife was the one who killed the guy, told the guy, told Diaz that he was the one driving. He was drunk. And, and they, she's the one, and she was working with Linquist to actually get not one kill shot because there was no reason why he missed that shot. That it was not that it, uh, the intent was for her to get injured. And maybe, maybe the opponents with the cabal. 
I like I, I may yeah. totally eat my words, and I, I kind of hope I do because yeah. at this oh, point, oh, I, this is definitely going for Cabal. I, I hope I, so. I, yeah. I um, like the depth of the writing that I've seen over the years. No matter how much I've I've complained and grumbled over it, I, I do feel like there's a depth of the writing that that's expected, and that's part of it. Is is an overarching sort of situation, not just. And while this while this happens back to the oh what was his name it was the dude that she met in the trailer that was calculating risk assessment yeah the the <sighs> ethicist ethicist thank you it it harks back to the ethicist where he covered for a guy that had hit a young girl on a bike mm-hmm. while drunk mm-hmm. driving and so i mean that's exactly what i thought about when they brought that up yeah but and that's what and, i mean it it doesn't yeah. feel like a last second sort of yeah, situation, well, they, but... they, they're doing that. And I am sure that this is going to go back because you know how I know there was a, the alternative ending for, for Alan Fitch. They had a secondary way. And in that, in that other way, he ends up living. They disarmed the bomb. And what he does after that is running for president. So I think that they were going in yeah. a very roundabout way to somebody in the cabal running for president. Yeah, and and that thank you. I appreciate that because that gives me more hope that there's there's something continuing yeah. on with that, yeah. and that we're still moving in that direction. So so going back to this, there were things in that dialogue with the stranger that kept bothering me. Uh, the first part is very simple. Um, it, it, first, and the stranger is like, did she believe that story? Like. How could she believe that story? That's pretty unbelievable. And she said, yeah, she did. So that was that was something that I said, well, you know, that should, if for anybody who's still thinking that all of that story is true, um, I think that those words should give us pause. The second thing is that um, Red says, I want this done before Masha brings home her daughter. So this is, uh, oh, this is the part we're saying. You're always so optimistic, Red says to the stranger. And Liz told Don, Tom that he didn't, that that's, you know, you're always so so optimistic about it. So there is a darkness in Red and a darkness in Liz that Tom contrasted in for Red is, is this stranger. Um, so, it's in, you know, dark people tend to go or have, you know, links that are deep to somebody who pulls them out of that darkness and brings them light and laughter and, and well, they, trust. they have to. Yeah. I mean, and that, that goes back to you can't live your life with the without darkness. trusting anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there is not one soul in this world that can live entirely isolated. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, even think back to the movie, and I, I, I couldn't watch it all but uh the castaway was that it where he was on mm-hmm. the island with wilson he made I, yeah he made a little person with yeah him. but but that's my point that like he even physically alone he had something he a could presence. focus on yeah, yeah. a presence yeah. and and so that's humanity can't you you can't be an island 
Yeah. Well, Ren actually trusts a lot of people. I don't know if he trusts he all of them with everything. They all know. Mm-hmm. They all may know a little piece of it. So the, the the interesting thing about the setup in which we supposedly meet Katerina is that Red is asking this guy to do something. You know, they're talking about the the consulate is looking for Katerina. The Russians are looking for Katerina, and he wants something done. And the reason why he wants it done soon is that that list decided to bring Agnes home. So the the catalyst for this entire thing is that Liz is bringing Agnes home. And it's funny because Red has been the one telling him, bring Agnes, bring Agnes. And then at this point... I noticed that, yeah. that he's been very and, pointed at it. Yeah. And then at this point where he's saying that, I don't know if there was something that he learned in between, but for some reason, suddenly now he wants this thing done so what is this I thing feel, can, can i make a comment on a character yeah why i feel like he's he's taking that approach mm-hmm. so in season th- three yes season three he made the comment to liz he said i should have raised you myself mm-hmm. and i think red regrets not Sending her back to Sam, back to to Sam, whatever he did, um, depending on who he is, leaving her, and, her with yeah, Sam. leaving her, not with picking Sam. her up, exactly. And I think that many days he regrets doing that. He is also aware that he couldn't in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it goes back to that lovely deleted scene that you love to harken back to mm-hmm. that talks about being able be to be a, a parent. Yeah. When when yeah. the only thing that can make you survive in the world is that actually not caring if you survive in that world. Mm-hmm. When you exactly. don't have a fear. And so he he has this regret that hangs with him. I don't think Red likes to hang on to re- regrets very often. It's it takes a lot for him to hold on to those regrets. And when he does, they he, he locks up. them away deeply. And yeah, I think they do eat him up. And they they end up shifting motivating his focus. him without even knowing what he's doing. Yeah. Which is the way people work. It really is. And I think that in a lot of ways, his own personal regret for the way he went about Liz is influencing him telling her to go after Agnes Mm. and to protect Agnes and to bring her in and bring her home. Because he knows that regardless of how well Sam did as a father... That he yep. is always going to be her dad. And. He still didn't bring her, in, bring her bring her up her, himself. Exactly. And I think that he doesn't want Liz to live with that same regret yeah. years as, later. As he's told and this, her. This is, this is the moment. This is it. Right here. He told her a while back. And I, I've held this against him for a while. He said, I won't let you be separated from her any longer than it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And so I think right now he feels like if if he were to tell her no at this point, she would continue can 
continue to find reasons moving forward to not bring Agnes home, just as he well, did. It get, it, just yeah, as he did it, with her. And so he is telling her, bring her home, bring her home. And then in the background, he's going to deal with the one situation that he feels like could put her in danger. But yeah. if you were to tell Liz about it, it would make her stop. It would make her put the brakes on. And then from then forward, she might continue to find things because she's made up her mind now. Yeah. And if he were, if he were to be the reason she put the brakes on, he could theoretically be the reason that she continued to put the brakes on moving forward. Even and, without and, meaning to, and and it's 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 interesting the way this is is shaping up because when he brings her in, uh, and he's there, Red makes a point of saying, "I don't want to intrude in this." Of course, a part of this is because he has to go and meet the stranger, but there is also this thing about he's telling Liz. You know, your mother is not a danger to you. Uh, your mother can't hurt you, which is interesting because it's the same way that he phrased it about, the, you know, it's like, I can't kill you. That that he, he said, I can't kill you. And which is out for a lot of people is like, oh, I want to, but I can't. No, it's just I can't kill you is the highest expression of not being able to. It's just not under consideration. It's something that can exist. And he phrases it the same about her mother. Your mother can't hurt you. A lot of people think, oh, because she's dead or because I'm her. I think it is the same thing. He cannot. Which brings up the question. Segway. Mm -hmm. The woman that he meets. You do not uh, believe that's Katarina Rostova. No, you? and, I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to go in a very roundabout way about explaining why and it's a, it's a complicated thing it took me a day it took me an entire day to figure okay. this out she is go. what red is doing is red is at is telling this guy I, apparently we are meant to think red is asking this guy to find katarina now if finding katarina were that easy that it can be done in a day or two that this whole episode happens red would have find her herself Glenn could have found, anybody could have found her. What is then mm -hmm. this stranger? Hold the thought, hold the thought. You need mm -hmm. to finish this. the thought. This is not simple. So an apparent thing, what he's doing is asking, you know, they're saying they're going after her. They're actively looking for Katerina. This is bad. I want this done before Liz brings her daughter home. And that when he, the stranger comes back, gives this picture, I found her. You're supposed to mean to, to take, oh, I found Katerina. Gives her, and it says, where? Paris. So you're, when I ask, are you sure? This is all making us think he's, founding, he's found Katerina, right? So you're in that mindset that this is Katerina, right? He looks at the, it gives him the picture. He looks at that and says, oh, my God, it's her. I'm telling you, Raymond, paper trail, the passport, the travel, it's her. We are meant to think that he followed the paper trails, the passport, the travel. Mm -hmm. What he really did is found a double and created the paper trail, the passport, the travel. 
Why is Red doing this? Because, because he needs to create a decoy. He is putting himself as the decoy so that if they're trying to find Katerina, they will try to find her through him and not by risking Liz or Agnes. This woman, if you look at the dialogue, this woman is waiting for him. She has a hypodermic needle. And the first thing that she says is, are they watching? And so this is a performance. This, he hired, they had, they found a woman, they did this, this charade, and then he takes her in order to create, for the people who are trying to find Katerina, now they think that Red had known where Katerina is. He's making himself, he's been the senator, he's making himself the decoy. And it was, I kept looking at that, either watching, like, and this woman, there was like zero emotion there. I'm like, what on earth is going on here? And yet at the same, at the same time, they're kissing and that she's interrupted to say how they're watching. So this is, this is really, I mean, I, I, I kept looking at that scene. It's like, I could see Katerina having a lot of emotions. I could even see Katerina doing exactly what this woman did, like, you know, pretending and then stabbing him and having him taking that all sounds like Katerina to me. But it's the way that she stops and says, are they watching? And then says, then Red says, you're not safe. It's not safe. You're not safe. And then she stabs him. I don't know if the uh, what he wanted was to be stabbed and taken or if this woman actually got uh, betrayed him. Or if the stranger betray him, but I one thing I am one hundred percent certain is this is not Katerina. This is a decoy. When he says it's her, and once you look at the scene with those eyes, I went and I, I watched that scene probably five times this morning. I couldn't make it. There's there's always something bothering me, and then I I got to this realization and like. I watch it, it's like, oh my God, yes, and it's brilliantly written. It is absolutely brilliant. Guys, if you're watching, kudos. This was hard. So I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. And the, the, finally, the, the, the great thing was the way she grabbed the hat between two fingers, like, this is disgusting. Oh, I love that scene. Oh, see, I didn't get that at all. I got a, a toying with it. It's a job well done. A I just succeeded in something that, that that needed to be done and that I was planning to do. And here is the the symbol trophy. of the man. Yeah. yeah, trophy. Exactly, a trophy. Mm -hmm. That is yes, one hundred percent trophy. Like a serial killer taking a trophy home. Mm. That is exactly what that was. And I I am inclined. Are you done? Yep. Are you done with yours? Okay, I thought so, but I just want to make sure. I am inclined to believe it's Katarina. Um, I follow your logic. I do. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I am willing to admit it's possible. My personal gut reaction on it mm -hmm. is that 
he... I guess if it was all some big charade, mm -hmm. maybe. But overall, if he thought that was Katarina... I I've seen a lot on, on Tumblr today that like, oh, well, it's a fake. It's not really Katarina. And he was fooled. I can't follow that. That's logic I can't follow because it's he acted like he knew her. And regardless of if he's Ilya or if he's Reddington, he's either her childhood best friend or her lover. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a third person that he could be. You know, he's one or the other. He's either but, the original you know, Raymond the Reddington. You, you were on you were on opposite side of me of in Rasput, thinking that he was Ilya, and now you're back. You climb back on the fence. Now you're on the side of the fence. You're on the other side of the fence, thinking that she's Katarina. I we gotta keep this to... entertaining. I mean, I know. I'm just doing my part to keep this interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just my doing my part. What? And so I, I feel like if he's going to her, it's there's no possibility that he he thinks that he knows who she is, and if he's not he being is, fooled, in other words. I go yes, there. exactly. And like I said, like, yes, I can follow your logic on if he was aware of a whole bit, maybe. But just following what we're being seen, what we're being shown, mm -hmm. I do not for even a beat of a moment feel like this is someone that's faking being Katarina and tricking Reddington. No. Even I agree just there. even just looking even just looking at he's an incredibly intelligent human being that's good at faces and names and every every inch in between. This is that that's what I meant by he is either her childhood best friend or her lover. Or both. You know, could be both. Um but he he's either Ilya or the original Raymond Reddington. I, I don't think there's a third person he could be. And seeing that, he has known her as an adult, he has been close to her as an adult, and if if you see someone as a young adult and then don't see them for many years, you still there, there is a point, yes, you still recognize, and there's a point where, yes, you change. It, it may take you a beat to say, whoa, exactly. okay, oh, there you are. Exactly. Like, you might not recognize them immediately, but if you're looking for them, and he, as it was posed, he went looking for her. And so if he walked up to someone who was faking being Katarina when he was looking for Katarina, and she turned around, he would have gone, nope. And immediately been gone. Like, you're not Katarina. And then she would have drugged him, and that's how it would have ended. And so, I I am of the opinion, as, as the information has been given to us. Mm -hmm. It's, what did you say a few episodes ago when we were talking about Rosvit? Don't put the cart before the horse. And as the information has been given to us, I am leaning towards... That that's he was looking for Katarina and that's Cat. Now I could be wrong. Like I said, I a couple episodes after after Rosford, 
more information has been given, a new actor has been introduced that looks a whole lot like the younger version of Ilya. Ergo, I am willing to open it up. I am in the same way to Katarina. This is how I feel at this moment. Beginning of season seven, I'll readjust as it needs be. Mm. That's that's the wonders I, of not being a theorist. Is yeah. I, I feel like I can readjust a little better. Yeah, theories. <laughs> so, you I, have to I move backwards, and I, I wanted to add for those who follow the Carolina theory, of which this gen, not the same gen as in Reddit, this gen doesn't believe at all. So please Jen, don't bother AKA her to with cut a cycle. Yes. <laughs> this Honestly, gen- no one has bothered me directly. No, to to be fair, no one has bothered me directly. From what I understand, they, they bother they bother the other gen. Yeah. Um, Which and- I am four square against. One, just don't be a jerk. Like, just yeah. try to be kind to your fellow human beings. Like, that's just across the board. You agree? But, you disagree? Just be nice. The 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 interesting. For, for for those who are inquiring and wanted to hear, because I got a few questions in my mailbox that I haven't answered because I wanted to answer them in here first. And then when this is published, then I'll do a post and answer all those questions that I have. Um, is that, remember that in 2017, Carla died out of two bullets coming out of her apartment, which is, Bizarre to say the least, um, because Red would not have sent her to a crime-ridden area. Um, and uh, what kind of of you know? It just doesn't make any sense. And Red was like, "I can't believe this happened." And he was not aware, and he was looking for her because he thought that Garvey had given her the bag of bones. And. So this is 2017. She died the same year that she died, the same, quote, 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 unquote, the same year that the bones were unearthed, and the same year that Red was under attack to the point that he dug the island box. And that would have said Dom's antenna up, like, this is not right. I mean, this is, things are dire. So in the same year, she dies or fakes her death, and Red cannot find her. And what happened, and that's a 522, you know, he's he got finally the bones, and he burns them. And in 601, he is actually looking for a plastic surgeon that even though at the time we didn't know that he was attached to Katerina, it is attached to Katerina, and did a surgery on somebody who may be a Mr. Reddington, but also could be a Mrs. Reddington. Remember, Berlin was looking for Reddington, except it was a she Reddington, not a he Reddington. So this is exactly the same situation, that Kohler may have been the surgeon who gave Katerina a new face. Because if you're running... You're not going to run with the same face. That is kind of like defeats the purpose. They have pictures of her. They can find her. So the with Katarina, if she's had an adjustment to her face, it doesn't mean that Red hasn't seen it. Oh especially yeah, especially yeah, yeah. with the photo. And in the first, if but in, in the Carlarina theory, 
he was looking for color, imagining that after she faked her death and she hasn't been in contact with him, she would have naturally gone to the surgeon that she went that she arranged a previous surgery for whoever she arranged it and was looking for color because what has never been explained and remember I said, let's shelve this. This entire season started by Red looking for color. Why was he looking for color? Who is the one person that died or faked her death? It's it's uh, Carla. I think he was looking for her and he couldn't find her and Maybe that's another thing that he took from that drive that whoever Katerina became or the face that she had. But it's it's uh, from that perspective, from the Carlorina perspective, you have to remember that event that that she's been in the wind for two years. You don't, you don't be, yeah, if. Yeah, that is, that is within <laughs> the context of that theory. I was going to say, and that's why we preface this with this gen, a.k.a. Takata Saeko, does not buy Colorina. Takata Saeko does not believe Colorina. I, I, for a good point, I followed your logic on it. I just didn't agree with it. And so at this point, I feel like we've moved past Colorina, but... That's what we'll see. I, I I remain to the point that if it turns out that Carla is Katarina, that's fun. I feel like it'd be a fun twist. I just I just don't see it happening. Do you, you want to I mean? see? Like you want to hear my of, twist of who the stranger really is and who was red and sure. how was all that thing? Because you, you sure. might you know, it, if you think that's fun, wait till you hear this. I think that <laughs> Red and Ilya are brothers. And they created a persona that they both inhabited. So they were both Raymond Reddington. It was a charade. Twins. Oh my gosh, you have they a were twins, not twins theory, don't no, you? No, they were not twins. They're brothers. You know, close enough that with a photo and a passport, more or less could be the same. But that way, it remember how emphasis on doubles and doppelgangers and bilocation. Mm-hmm. That way, they created this legat of the assassins. It was this character that was so good because it could be everywhere and knew everything. A desk joker that was an analyst and a guy in the field and nobody knew who was which and they both had all this information between the two of them. But and but you think Red was still Raymond Reddington that was sleeping with Katarina that was they both being were taken by her. Mm. That's an interesting thought. I do like it. That that comes close to a thought that I I've pushed out, but I used in my last major Red Red uh, heavily Red involved. AU that I was working on uh, in which Red and in the original Raymond Reddington uh, as I was planning at the time is before Ilya popped up was that they were partners in the Navy they were both in Navy intelligence and they were both named Raymond but they were they were partners and they were basically they were as close as brothers and very close and both caught up in Katarina's web mm-hmm and, and uh, I also think that Dom is not 
a Russian, a, a KGB agent. I think there was this is yeah, all a big charade. Hmm, I'm less inclined to believe that, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but see that information. That at least you didn't all put right. that face like I'm not going there. <laughs> see you you. You guys can't see it, but Tessa can see my expressions. And I, I am not fantastic at hiding my facial expressions. I would be a terrible actress. I'd probably be a pretty, pretty horrible spy. Because I just go, wait, what? <laughs> but this I, time I make you a didn't face. put it. I know I you do. You actually were like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. This well, is that's a first. Point. That's, you know, I, it's, it's an interesting theory. I don't, it's, I... Up until recently, I felt like Carlarina is a fun theory. Not likely, but fun. I, I, I feel like it's less and less likely with every piece we get. See, That's me, from, you know? From, from until the I end, see? until they... Until they announce it, you know? That's... We'll see. But the amazing thing about the show is that Every, so many people see so many different things because from, from and granted there are a lot of things I have not even written anywhere um, and so they're, they're, you're not going to find those pieces anywhere except in my head from where I'm standing every piece is falling exactly where I thought it would be so I'm like Especially when I figure this out. And I love that it took me a while to figure it out. Well, hey, you know, that's kudos to that. Um, we are at about two hours and 15 minutes. Or do you think, think we, uh, do you have anything else to add? No. We're done? We oh, are my goodness. Well, done. Well, this is going to be a long one. It'll, yeah. it, and I apologize, guys, because by the time this gets edited, it will probably be into the week. Like, my... My work schedule has just been brutal lately. It's I used to have so much time, and now it's I finish work, and all I want to do is curl up and cry. But, <laughs> but um, it's my life. It's where I live. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I, do, I don't have a whole lot of time outside of work, basically, right now. And everything I've got has been dedicated to, to writing. Um, so it may I take into... I, yeah, I, I hope so. Um, you know, either if it's mine or or fan fiction or what have you, you know, it's... As a writer, I'm one of those people that, like, when people get hangry when they don't eat and they get angry for, and hungry, I get whatever that version is when I don't write. If If I'm sitting there and I have no creative outlet of writing, then I get very irritable and I am not a pleasant person to be around. It's terrifying. And I have a roommate and a cat that lives with me that would hate me to death if I got that way too mad. <laughs> right, Jen. Anyway, right. you write. I must write. Um, this is this is best for everybody. Um, you guys can talk to us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook. You can listen to us on YouTube iTunes, and SoundCloud. And we would love to hear from you. We always love to hear your ideas, your thoughts, your reactions. I feel like people have been responding more and more as we go along. Yeah. And and we don't know if we're going to do anything in the hiatus 
in terms oh. of uh, a podcast or anything like that. But right. if if we do not, then guys, we'll see you, and it's only September, October. Yes, thankfully. Oh, good heavens. Thankfully, it's on a nine-month hiatus. You know, I, I felt like personally I needed that last year, but I'm really glad we're not waiting until... Mm-hmm. Into the springtime. It just like I, I'm glad that we're we've got a shorter hiatus. So guys, until next time, we will you know keep an eye out on social media. We'll let you know if we're we're doing a special series. Tessa and I get get angst, you know antsy on things, and we want to talk and theorize and play with ideas. And so my guess is we'll do something. So just kind of keep an eye out, and we'll let you know. And uh, if we open it up, because we, we do like to use hiatuses to open things up. We did it last time, and it'd be great to do again. Um, we'd, love to ha- we, we'd love to have you guys on. It's tons of fun to do interaction yeah. in the, the podcast. Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, it would be fun. So, it was, a, it was a, uh, all in all, I think it was a great season. I I I I was impatient in a couple of times, and I got very upset when when it turned out that Red had uh, lied or was mistaking about the 1990 and the two weeks, two months after the fire. That got me very upset because I had to throw out a lot of stuff, and especially the timeline was a bad thing. Um, But all in all, I gotta say. It was a great season. Um, it's been fun to share with you guys. And until next time. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye.